Today's episode of The Mask Man Show is brought to you by SeatGeek, our presenting sponsor and the only fan-friendly app for buying and selling sports and music tickets and wrestling tickets that somewhere in between. SeatGeek makes buying tickets on your phone a total snap. With just two taps, you can instantly buy tickets to the event the same day, have your tickets delivered straight to your phone, and enter the event without ever having to print a ticket. And if you can't go to a gamer show, you can sell your tickets directly from the app in less than 30 seconds. With SeatGeek, there's no guesswork. You'll know exactly where you're sitting, what you'll pay, and whether or not you're getting a good deal, all right from your phone. So drop your old ticket app and experience buying and selling tickets the way it should be. To start using SeatGeek, download the free SeatGeek app or go to SeatGeek.com. Welcome to the Masked Man Show. It's uh, it's our post-SummerSlam Spectacular. I'm here with Steve Kazee. Steve? Hey, man. How you doing? Good. How's no, the couch treating you? It's really nice. We've got a new, new setup today. I like yeah, it. Yeah, recording live from the, from the luxurious office of Bill Simmons. Um, Bill will be here later, but not on this podcast, so sorry for the tease. The... Um, <laughs> Uh, SummerSlam was really crazy. Right before we came on, we'll get to SummerSlam, but we were just talking about how old you have to be to be a wrestler. I should start off this way. Happy birthday, Vince McMahon. Happy birthday, Vince. He's 71 years old as we're recording this, and he was taking bumps. Has he taken a bump since he was 70? Yeah, I think he took one, didn't he? Yeah. I thought he took at least one. So, we're like, a guy that I know is 30 years old and just decided to be a pro wrestler. And And, like... It's not like it's it's not just like a weekend warrior thing. He's moving to I believe the Dudley's 3D Academy, like moving to Florida to like re, like he's wow. all in. Um there will be more talk about him soon, I guarantee it. But I guess it just raises the question like you know, 30s is pretty old to be starting out in the, in the wrestling has world. He never, he never did anything before. No indies, like no nothing. No, no. He's just like, he was like, I've been a fan my whole life yeah, and now's but, the but time. But maybe that's good. Maybe it's all a wear and tear thing where, like, you know, most people, I mean, first, a lot of wrestlers have been wrestling well past their, well into their 40s lately. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's, there's, it's like being a running back in the NFL. It's, you know, you can be done at 23 if you carry the ball a thousand times. Yeah, you know? exactly. I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I work out every day. I consider myself to be in good shape. Uh, I couldn't take maybe like I could take like one bump and then yeah. I'd be done for a month. Yeah. I wonder, I mean, if, if I, if, if you and I went down to the performance center and they were just like, they wanted to give us like fantasy wrestling school for two days yeah and your options were really learn how to bump for a day and feel and be able to say that you did it or just like do like the kids version and just run the ropes and jump in the in the foam pit what would you if you only had if you had to pick one or the other what would it be oh man i'd take the bumps um i think that's an interesting choice i would i would i think i would logically i would want to take the bumps but i could it'd be hard to resist the foam pit (laughs) <laughs> which which is a which is a really weird but good segue into SummerSlam weekend when it seemed like everybody should have been using a foam pit. <laughs> everybody. <laughs> um, so so much has happened since the last time I was on this podcast, and since I mean it's it's too much to even wrap my brain around. Um, but the biggest, I, I mean, t- correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like the two big things that happened, the two, if you have to rank things, one was Brock Lesnar opening up Randy Orton with his elbow in the most gr- gruesome, like, maybe maybe planned, like, bloodletting on wrestling TV <sighs> in a long time. And two, Finn Balor accidentally d- dislocating his shoulder. So he, he dislocated his shoulder, put it back into place, won 
the universal title, our first ever universal champ, and then relinquish the belt the next day. Yeah. Which like Mick Foley announced on Twitter of all the weird ways to go about it. Yeah, it was brutal. Um, but so, I mean, it, and that wasn't even all of it. Like my, the first, my, my one note from the first like hour of the show was that my two, fa- two of my favorite wrestlers, Enzo and Sasha need to stop almost killing themselves in every big match. Yeah. Like both of them managed to go like neck first onto the concrete every time they have a big, and this is not like, I'm not critiquing their working style. I'm just like, as a fan I halfway through all halfway through both of those matches, I just sort of was like watching with my hands over my eyes, like it was a horror movie. Yeah, it's a really, I mean, it's a tricky thing to to thread that needle, you know, to go to the edge and not cross over because you want things to look hype and you want things to look amazing. But there, you know, like I mean, he, his first pay per view when he got knocked out under the rope, you know, that was a that was an intensity slash like didn't go to the right rope kind of thing. But like he full out got knocked out and yeah, almost decapitated. That was a- and I've seen a wrestler killed doing the same exact thing. I mean, you all remember that Mexican wrestler oh, yeah. a few years ago. Same thing, hit the rope hard like that, and that was it. Yeah, that's an interesting thing because it's it's hard to... It's not the same thing as jumping off the top rope onto the floor, like doing a like Hurricane Rana and landing on your head. Like, yeah. But it's, it is just like he's going so hard. Uh, 150% You realize how difficult, the, how, like the degree of difficulty and even the smallest things that wrestlers do, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, in some sense, just because of planning and staging and and you know, liability coming, you know, the liability issues that the people at the very top recognize you, you almost have to assume that like Sasha doing the, or like Sasha and Charlotte, when she did the, the razor's edge into the hurricane run off the top, like that might be in a weird way, one of the safest moments of the night right. because like they can't like that can't go wrong. They right. have to plan that out really well. Now right. there's a limit, there's a limit to how much you can plan when you're both like sweaty and doing like a, a flip off of a 12 foot. It was weird too. I don't whatever. know if you felt the same way, but I, that match, I don't know how it felt because you were there, but watching at home, it felt so sloppy in the first like five minutes. Yeah, it took a, it took a while. It just missed a lot of beats and they missed a lot of moves and they were gro- like holds that were slipping. And, you know, I watched that match like for the first, like I said, five, 10 minutes and just like sheer horror. I was like, somebody's going to really get hurt. And unfortunately, I'm starting to see like Sasha and again not a criticism of her work because it's what's gotten her this far but she is uh you know seeming to be a little injury prone at this point yeah i mean injury prone is a word i it's a phrase i don't like to throw around because it sticks to people and then, and then we're and then like i feel like i'm partially responsible but yeah i mean heaven forbid finn balor gets stuck gets stuck with that label i mean he's been yeah. he's been grinding for a decade or more in more than a decade yeah, so i think like, that's the thing people don't understand either is how long he's been at it you know, yeah. so it takes a toll. But that, I mean, look, that's a complete freak, a freak accident. You saw it. That's a move they do a thousand times, get thrown into that barrier. Yeah. And he just happened to hit the wrong way to try to catch himself and pops his shoulder out. And, you know, you're done for six months. To be clear, just as I'm not calling any, I don't want to call anybody injury prone. I'm certainly not calling anybody dangerous in the ring. But there was a lot of chatter online that this is the third major star that has come out of a Seth Rollins match injured. Hit Fourth, men. if you include Seth Rollins. Hitman bringing the heat. Yeah. I saw, you know. Um, uh, yeah. Bret Hart has a. Uh, we were, I was joking with somebody else on the podcast a couple of weeks ago that they just needed like Bret Hart to get they should just hire him to give a five minute rant at the end of every raw yeah. just like <laughs> the crazy old man rant because people would tune into the network for that right just like for sure um, but yeah he he brought the heat this week um, but yeah I mean it's we've seen Cena and Mo, you know Sting most notably like go down with injuries um, and Ron's you know 
like you're not you it's impossible to critique the the how he blew out his knee i mean that's a thing you see over and over again although at some point maybe that's not a move you need to be doing on house shows you know and then you i mean it's it's, it seems so silly for us to sit on these literally plush couches (laughs) and critique the way that people beat like beat each other up but it's a real like you know well you have notoriously stiff workers i mean you have people i mean ryback took a really bad reputation for a while uh you know and then you've got people like punk who you know just always wanted to whine about everybody who worked too stiff and now he's in ufc which makes no sense to me uh-huh. uh, but you know it, it's a it's a tricky thing man you're in a business where you're you know you're pretending to beat the life out of people yeah. and so you want it to look as real as possible because as a fan the one thing i hate is like the match last night where uh dana brooke was like pulling up short on all of her punches and you could see they weren't even connecting you yeah. know and it's like i'm completely out that's of the just because she has short point. arms right? that's the right, problem right. she was going as far as she could <laughs> right um, but yeah, it is really weird. It's the I will. I don't. We don't have time to talk about CM Punk, but we did watch. We watched NXT. I was at the NXT event, and then everybody like in the arena ran across the street to the sports bar. There's a there's like an Irish pub, a giant Irish pub across the street from Barclays called McMahon's. Yeah. So every time anyone's like, "Where are we going after the show?" I'm like, "McMahon's." Like we got to go to nice. McMahon's. But we everybody went over there, and it was just packed with wrestling fans. And when the CM Punk training promo oh, came yeah. on. That was the biggest pop of the night. I mean, it was insane. it was insane. I thought it was going to get booed. I would have I would have guessed there'd be a lot of boos, but you know, we got to stand behind our guy who might literally die in a month. <laughs> uh, here's hoping. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean, it's it's just it's just a really weird. It, I mean, it's just so hard to 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 judge these wrestlers. You yeah. know, I mean, and we the, because we all hope we all wish they would never get hurt, but we love the era that we're in. I would assume I assume I can speak for everybody when I say like I want to live I want to watch wrestling. I don't I don't want to live in a world where Seth Rollins isn't powerbombing people onto the ring barrier. You know, right. it's a it's a it's a cool it's a fun period we live in. Yeah. But but this all ties into what might have been the sneak like the surprise smash hit of the of the week so far, which was Daniel Bryan and the Miz like just tearing into each other on talking smack. Yeah, I watched that. Still, don't really understand fully what happened, and I kind of love that. I mean, I'm, you know, they're they're finding a way to surprise me. A person who's been watching this for like thirty years, like, yeah, is is interesting to me. And I think it's also this blending of the reality area era. Yeah, you know, I always said with Total Divas, which I loved. Uh, it would have been more interesting to me to start seeing some like a little bit of kayfabe on there, you know, sure. like let's twist because none of that stuff is reality anyway. So like let's twist it and turn it and help it sell, you know, the actual like program a little bit more. So maybe they're figuring out a way to do that. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, certainly Total Divas had. I mean, it it had its it had its advantages, and it would be fun if it would you know if they pushed that a little bit further. Yeah, I mean, but like even Marie is. Well, now suspended, I guess. But uh, speaking of, okay, <laughs> like everything leads to something else. This is what's great about wrestling sometimes. The one thing I've always maintained, and this is not based on anything anybody told me, but like I, whenever people say, is this a shooter, is this a work? The one thing I'll always say, there's never a work, is is the wellness policy. Like they right. cannot they cannot mess around with the wellness policy. Right. And they didn't do that with Eva Marie, to be clear. I mean, there was no, like, shoot promo about... Well, I mean, I guess they kind of did They kind of did that with Orton and Lesnar, although Lesnar didn't fail any WWE tests. Right. Uh, he's not being tested, as far as I know. But, the, um, but yeah, to have Eva Marie... To play Eva Marie's music on Sunday... Um, like, went through the whole intro. Everything. Yeah. And then to say she's vacationing or whatever and not coming out... Yeah. ...was... Uh, was 
as close to that line as they could get. And I thought that it was it was pretty effective. I mean, I, 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 you and I disagree on this only in the sense that I think five years from now, there'll be at least one occasion where a wellness report is fabricated for the purpose of a storyline. I don't I, because it's so it's such a good device. At it this is. Point. It's the one thing we think is all, we all think is untouchable. And I then think if you touch right. it. I think that you're right. I think that it's it's impossible. It would be crazy to say that they would never do it so i so i'll but but i just think that in an era where so many big stars are getting pinged for stuff you know it would be it's crazy that if the fact like i just don't think that if you have to suspend if you have to suspend roman reigns for whatever he was doing yeah uh and he's like your number one guy if you feel the obligation if, if wwe feels the obligation to suspend their like top guy then it would just be it would just call too much into question if they were if if they were suddenly just like using this in a in a you know i mean i can imagine a like a like a work shoot where someone's like hey what you don't care about the company you keep getting suspended or something right. like maybe but man that would it would be crazy but i, I but you know anything everything will happen eventually you're right it seems like Adderall is the new steroid though like it's like is, that's every, what roman reigns got, got i'm not sure for? if he got pinged for I Adderall saw someone but say I know that online, Reed, but I don't know. got pinged for Adderall yeah didn't uh there was another guy a few months ago got Oh, Adam Rose apparently got. Uh, yeah, and even Marie's husband remember, was, was saying, saying that. Yeah, I do vaguely, <laughs> dimly. I actually have an Adam Rose T-shirt somehow. The uh, nice. the Adam. Um, I think I think even Marie's husband was that you know was saying she had a prescription for the Adderall right. and it shouldn't have been an issue. I mean, again, they're not messing with the wellness policy. But I was joking, half joking with some friends this weekend that that the wellness policy is starting to look like some sort of like WWE enemies list where right. like, if you don't have a contractual way to punish somebody, you just let them, let them fail a test. It was tr- Everybody, it was everybody could fail on any given day. Right. If they someone, if out. someone, if someone does something wrong on the road, you're just like, Oh, whoops, look who got 15 days off. I think the tricky way with Eva Marie is that, you know, that's her, the whole shtick and the whole bit they're building right now is that she's not able to perform, you right. know, and they, they build and build and build. And then all of a sudden she's popped for wellness. It was like, Oh, come on. It could be the best possible. I mean, if if a wellness policy violation could ever help someone's career, this might be the one. Yeah. Although Roman Reigns, I think in the broad in the in the in the broad view, probably his career was helped by not being shoehorned into the main event yeah. at the time that he got. I mean, in, into the cha- like holding the belt at the time that he did yeah. that he got that he got pulled. Well, but he might be back in the in the uh, main event so soon. So uh, soon, it doesn't take much. Um, so Finn Balor relinquished the universal title. Um, the biggest heel of the night at SummerSlam by far was that red championship belt. I mean, the crowd just lost their minds. Yeah, you were minds. there. It was, a, it was bad, huh? It was, from what I could tell, it was, you, it, was, it was much louder in the arena than it was on TV. And then by the next day, it seemed like they had taken it down a couple of notches on the network too. Yeah. It was all that was happening in the ring. I mean, in the arena was booing the belt for like the first two thirds of that match. I want to talk to wrestling fans for one second. Okay. You guys need to stop doing things like this. You're idiots. (laughs) You are doing things like rushing the ring and you're going to cause all of us who like to go to these events and sit close to not ever be able to do that. They're going to end up putting up some kind of glass barrier around the ring. Like you're at a hockey game stay out of the ring and stop booing belts. Because two months from now, you're all going to be cheering that belt, and you know it. So be quiet. Enjoy the show. There were two superstars wrestling their mm-hmm. asses off in the ring in front of you. You paid money. It's like 
Twitter comments. You're just there to boo. Come on. Anyways, back to the program. I agree with you. Um, and I go on record as saying this. It's a sexy fucking belt. Really? I'd wear that belt. Oh, see, that's the hot take of the century right there. I like that belt. Um, you would wear that? I don't mind the red belt. So I think that my if my only critique of WWE, I mean, because really, I, I don't love the belt, but I'm not going to get mad about it, the, the color or whatever. My critique is that if all you're doing is changing the color palette, that's the only thing you're introducing. Right. Then why are you doing this like grand unveiling on the night as if it, you know, everybody was like, everybody wanted, I think in every... The, the reason why the smart fans like you and me go nuts and boo at these events inappropriately, hmm. uh, and we've all done it, um, oh, for sure. is when our ridiculous, outsized fantasy booking expectations are not met, right? right. It's unrealistic, but sometimes you just get something in your head, and every wrestling fan who was there that night, I think had imagined some big gold belt with the Eagle wings and the globe all yeah, like they smushed want, together. They want like the they, old school. They want the, like they wanted uh, some belt that was never going to exist. Right. Exactly. The interesting thing, I mean, just on a meta level is that they're, they're, they're finally, they're actually pulling the belts out of the lineage. I mean, I guess the, the world title still kind of carries the lineage of all the belts that came before in a right. way, but they're not trying to separate them and have that weird line between, uh, you know, the NWA and one of the belts and then and then, you know, just the, um, you know, the, the WWF, WWF tradition on the other side. Um, but yeah, it was weird, the booing of the belt. It, but if I were doing if I were WWE and I knew that I was just changing the color of a belt to make it look slightly different. Right. Maybe I just like do an online poll and let the fans <laughs> pick the color, you know, right. or do yeah, something I mean, like because because it's not it was such a letdown. It was like the gobbledygooker. It's like you. It's like, what is this thing going to be? And it's like, oh, it's a dude in a chicken suit. Like, right. you know, the, your expectations were never going to be met by a red version of a belt we've seen before. Yeah, and I, you know, the thing is, I don't mind the booing of the belt, but the booing of the belt has a time and a place. Mm. And you boo the belt when they unveil it, and then we all move on and we watch a match. But the fact that it continues, you know, it's like it's a little bit at, like that after Mania uh, Raw, where the guys are still sort of drunk from the the two days before, and they just sort sure of and they go boo nuts. and chant and go nuts. And like, I get it, but at the end of the day, we are there to watch wrestling um well i'm gonna i'm gonna take grab that segue and run with it the my biggest critique of SummerSlam, and i'm not the only one to say this by far is that that was just way too fucking long and sitting long. in the arena mm. people were i was looking at twitter people were like what's wrong with this brooklyn crowd like what's we've been here since five o'clock and like this thing is still going on it's i i i appreciate wwe's um WWE, you know, opening the doors early and letting us have all of this bonus wrestling and everything like that. And it's cool on the network when you're watching at home and you're like cooking your spaghetti to have like to have the, the pre-show with a match happening occasionally. Right. It's nice that all that's going on. But I mean, I don't know how I, I feel like Ron, the Rollins, the, the reaction to the belt during the Rollins Balor match was was basically like the Raw after WrestleMania. Like everybody yeah. was so punchy by that point yeah. that there was no and and the the uh, here's my rant of the week the, the shape of the card besides being so long the shape of the card was so wrong made no sense i don't i don't even i'm not even interested in talking about roman reigns and 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 rusev having but like the place where it was was just odd the fact that they were that they had like the smackdown women's match after the raw women and i don't uh, i'm not saying that like like the raw i mean if you want to talk about who deserved what you know, the women's title should have been second to last, but that's not what I'm arguing. Right. I'm just saying, like, the, the arc of it was so weird, and I get the idea of, 
you know, you don't want to have keep everything up at a at a fever pitch for too long. And there's certainly been WrestleManias where it was like a just a drudge for the last four matches because they were all 45 minutes long. But we don't need popcorn matches. I understand the purpose of a popcorn match to like you know ch- like you know just just elite to get you out of that mood and and you can take a breath, you can go to the bathroom, whatever. But we have 20 minute video packages between every main event. <laughs> yeah. Now that is your popcorn match. Yeah, like that's your that's your chance to sit back and like go outside for a smoke. We're good. Yeah. You know, we don't need that. I mean, it's just it's so weird. The fans have no. I mean, after five hours of wrestling, you like the matches are in such a weird order. How the fans the fans don't internally know how to respond correctly after you know because you're you're on autopilot and you just. The, the, you don't the matches that are happening aren't the matches that are the most important. It's yeah. so weird. Well, it, I mean, it, it's confusing to me. Uh, look, I, 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 I'm not a fan of baseball. I was a fan of baseball for a long time, and then baseball games started averaging somewhere around four hours, and then I was just like, I, I, more than I, that. Lose, I lose interest, you know. And I and I I worry sometimes that you know that 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 same track is sort of being taken. I'm a firm believer that Raw should be two hours. Yeah. And SmackDown should be two hours. Uh, Pay-per-views should never go longer than three. I mean, it's just we don't live in a world where you're going to keep people's attention. And I do think I wasn't there, but having watched NXT TakeOver like, and the UFC on the same night, it was probably one of my favorite nights of viewing sure. sports entertainment in a long time. And I think you must have been feeling after having sat through NXT for three hours and then sort of having a four and a half hour SummerSlam. It's a lot. And, you know, it's a, decre- a decrescendo from, I think, the yeah. hype of the weekend. Well, I mean, this was the into first a Sunday night. The NXT card. I mean, Joe and Nakamura are just the best. But like compared to last year. Summer, the actual WWE SummerSlam card was vastly superior to the NXT card. Yeah. In, in a way that, like, last year, the NXT card just totally stole the show. Yeah. You know? Um, but you're right, because of the way, that, because of the arc of the weekend, which ended in sort of like a five-hour nosedive. Yeah. Or decrescendo. Nosedive is probably a little bit extreme. I'll take your word. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I, we, I left on, I woke up on Monday morning, and I was just like, Man, that revival match was really great on Saturday. <laughs> I mean, it was. By the way, Dash and Dawson. I, I mean, love those and guys. yeah, I mean, th- that was just Gargano and Champa. I mean, wow, what a those those four guys just went at it, and it was it was it was the perfect. Um, it was a level of like the awesomeness of indie wrestling and like the full breadth of WWE style wrestling mashed up in a way that I mean, I'm sure. You could, I'm sure we could find a Kevin Owens match that is sort of like hit that same high point on that scale. Yeah. But man, it was really, really great. I feel like those guys are splitting though. Yeah. Uh, Gargano Ciampa. I mean, I, I, everybody is, everybody on the roster is a little bit smaller now than they were, well, 20 years ago for sure, but even like five years ago. Um, and I think there's lots of room for undersized, quote unquote, undersized guys on the main roster. But, but, and so I don't think there's a lot of reason to be like, man, if only he was a little bit tall. I, people say that about like Xavier Woods, and I think that's true. If he were taller, he would be in a whole different spot. Yeah. But man, if there's anybody, if Johnny Gargano was six inches taller, he would already be the world champion. Yeah. He's so good and and just has everything they could possibly want, you know? I agree. Um, and, that's, and that's not to take away anything from the rest of the guys in that match, man. The Revival have come so far in such a relatively short amount of time to be... I mean, they're gonna they're gonna be headlining like a you know an NXT takeover event for sure. Like it's it, it's just so great. So yeah, I mean, I think Gargano and Champa, 
it looks like they're going to have a little feud, which is which is good. Yeah, I, and I like feud. them better separate than I do as a team. Um, I just think they're both really talented. And I yeah. don't know, man, with the, like the cruiserweight push and all that, we'll see. I mean, Finn Balor's not that big of a dude. Yeah, I mean, and I think in some sense they it's they're going to have to hold back on promoting any cruiserweights to the main, you know, to the quote unquote main roster. Right. Just to protect Balor a little bit. Right. You know, I don't think it's an accident that like him and AJ Styles are on separate shows. Right. They fill sort of the same slot. Yeah. Um, and I think it's going to hurt, you know, the Lucha Dragons type guys that they're not, they're not going to be able to get that little guy making good push for a little while until we, until we, for, and, well, but now Finn Balor's gone. So I don't even know what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, who knows? Six months, man. He had, apparently his surgery was successful. Yeah. Um, maybe he can get in the gym with he can get he can get with John Cena's rehab coach or whatever and be back in a week and a half. That'd but like, nice. um, but yeah, I mean, so broad strokes. Well, before before we get off of NXT, how did what did you think about Joe and Nakamura? Oh, I thought it was one of I mean one of the best matches I've seen all year. It was. Um, I thought I thought it, it was it was really good. I think that there were, I think that I I again imagined sort of a better match between them, you know, in my yeah. like in the fantasy in like my fever dreams. Like I thought I just had something else, but it was um it was really good. The finish, the the last maybe three minutes of that match were insane. I yeah. mean so many big spots. And those knees like to to Joe's face, they looked br- he I mean, sold, they looked brutal. He, he sold, sold the them. hell out of that, so uh, that dislocated jaw. Yeah. Everybody in the arena was just like, was that real? Was I know. that whatever? I thought for sure I was like, oh he got his jaw knocked out. Well, uh, you know, we start. We talked about how they could never work the wellness policy. There was a period where it seemed like the one thing they could never work was the throwing up of the X. Right. But like after that, that happened when Joe dislocated his jaw and put air quotes around dislocated his jaw if you want. But then, but we all have seen the the worked X. Like yeah. that's a thing that exists. Yep. And so that was the that was the conversation. And there and so many people I was talking to was just like, no, no, that was clearly a worked X. Like they do it a different way. And I'm sure that's true. I, I don't know. But it was it's just so funny, you know. Yeah. Um. They, there's there's no limit. You're you're right. There's no limit to what they won't turn into a no. gimmick or whatever. Um. But I thought on any on I mean. If if that if that had just been the, the the main event of a standalone takeover that wasn't part of SummerSlam weekend, um, it would have gotten a little bit more of it. Well, maybe maybe not. I was gonna say it would have we would be praising it more. We certainly would be spending much more time on this podcast talking about it. Yeah. But so much stuff happened this weekend that it I mean, just sort of got buried. I saw a lot of people really say that that was their favorite match of the weekend. You know, on Twitter. I mean, I I know Jr. was uh, going on about it. I just think that like Joe has Joe has sort of come into a place where like. It, 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 he's gonna be called up, right? It's got to be soon. Well, one would think, but like we're heel heavy right now, we're like good heels. Yeah. I mean, Kevin Owens, like we've got great heels right now. But Joe is like next level heel right now because there's cause, nobody. Cause I'm afraid of him. Yeah, a little bit. I was gonna say there's nobody who, and he and Nakamura, I think both have this. It was really great about the match, but there's there are very few people who, when you get into end game, you could if you like pause the TV and sat down with your buddy, you could like. You could write. You could probably write out how the rest of the match was going to go. Right. Like you know the six moves that they have ready to uncork. Right. But I'm like, I watch both of those guys, but Joe in particular, just sort of nervous and super excited about seeing it happen. Yeah. You know, I mean, like when Joe, half of the roster does suicide dives now, but Joe's suicide dive is like legit. Yeah. <laughs> Not just because he's a giant guy. That's probably a lot of it. But just his the way that his body moves through the air makes it look like you know a cannonball is going so damn fast to be to be that big it's frightening it's really and and yeah i mean you know this you've you've i've seen you sitting at a table with samoa joe like (laughs) it's 
he's he is one of the he he is he is in the top the upper echelon of wrestlers of like like you just feel different being in the physical presence of him for sure and he's not six foot six like he's about as short as you would think he would be but like he's just so scary yeah he is although i'm telling you it's my dream to take a muscle buster from that guy so joe if you're listening anytime any place <laughs> onto a mattress onto a mattress the, uh, two preferably <laughs> yeah. um yeah i mean it, it's uh, i i hope that he gets called up i last week my fantasy booking suggestion was to just have him and nakamura in the match with by shaking hands and show up for the smackdown tag team tournament together oh that'd be awesome but like because i mean but, he's got i think i feel like he's gonna go to smackdown i was looking at the rosters yeah i think that you like a good i I don't you don't i mean i don't want to like over associate the the different guys but i think that in the same way that you keep bow i mean you keep balor and aj apart you probably keep him and owens apart just from like a silhouette perspective Yeah, i agree um although they're totally different guys i just am imagining what wwe is thinking you know Mm -hmm. the big the the bruiser and i mean I, i guess the funny thing is kevin owens for who is you know obviously like one of my top five favorite guys is a very specific wrestler, but they've been booking him kind of as Samoa Joe since he debuted. For sure. Which is not the wrestler that he is. Right. And I think that that's a, it was a good move, calling him a prize fighter, just, right. in, you know, focusing on just his, him as like a, you know, like a... A brawler. A brawler. Yeah, old um, school. He, by the way, has... Uh, I have nothing but praise for Kevin Owens, but whoever's making Kevin Owens merch, you went from the best merch in the business to just like... We're borderline Fruity Pebbles territory with the yeah. Kevin Owens merch right now. It's yeah. not good. Yeah. I would wear any Kevin Owens shirt from the first two, three months. Don't and you feel like that always happens, though? The higher you get up on the roster, the yeah. more, like, cartoony your merch gets. Probably so. That's pro- so it's probably a good sign. I will say this. Looking at the merch stand at SummerSlam, was the it was the best-looking merch stand I've ever seen. Right. The... I mean, like with Nakamura, I mean, well, I guess Nakamura was the night night before, but I know, I think they still had his stuff for oh, SummerSlam, sure, yeah. but with Finn Balor, Seth Rollins, um, uh, the, uh, the New Day, Kevin Owens, to a lesser right. extent, John Cena, like every, like everybody's got their own look to their merch now, which yeah. is really cool. And it's, and it looks, and it's, it's not all black stuff Oh, Randy Orton's new shirt, Brock Lesnar's shirt. Like it's all sort of identifiable, but it's mostly wearable and it's all, and it all has a pretty cool, I mean, they they're definitely head and shoulders above where they've been in the past. Still got to talk about t-shirt texture though, WWE. They're real not comfortable. I'm wearing I'm wearing the Andre the Giant Eighth Wonder of the World shirt right now. Oh, the old school ones, those are pretty good though. Yeah, they, they, it's they it's okay. It's a little, little it's a little bit rough. Yeah. It's a little bit rough. And yeah. the neck's a little bit tight. The um <laughs> you know, we got it. We all have to we can all complain about I cut the stuff. sleeves off of all of mine and work out in them. So that is isn't Really? Matter. Yeah. You don't just buy the sleeveless. They like they have some like John Cena <laughs> no, sleeveless shirts. You no, could, I was wearing a Bullet Club shirt though at the gym the other day, and across like way across the gym, it's a huge, huge. Looks like a like just big open space, and way across the gym, I saw a guy, and he just looked at me, and he, like threw his head up, and then gave me the two sweet from across <laughs> the gym. <laughs> That's so great. The bullet, yeah. Um, yeah, man, Bullet Club. I mean, Bullet Club is the is now like the not so secret handshake amongst wrestling fans. But that is that's that that brought in the whole new era of wrestling clothes that you can wear out in public. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I still don't know if I'm really gonna go rock the Bullet Club shirt at like you know a Silver Lake bar on the weekend well, or something. Well, it's tricky but like, because it would, in the you, current would, climate we live in, if someone doesn't understand wrestling, you kind of look a little like murderous, and they're like, "What's Bullet Club?" Like they're they're worried about you yeah very quickly yeah they they think you might be a, a second amendment voter <clears throat> yeah um yeah that's a good point um but finn balor's merch starting with the balor club has just been 
off the hook. Yeah, I, I like it. I mean, and yeah, they they have they have a lot of good stuff. The paint so, game stepped up quite a bit huh? too, right? The paint game. Like I was, ju- I said, his paint looked so good when he got signed. When he they, people were talking about him getting signed by WWE, which is a, a year and a half ago, how long ago that was? I remember joking, probably on a podcast, that his that WWE should hire his airbrush guy before they hire him because yeah. that, like that's worth more to the company overall. <laughs> um, I did have a report from backstage uh, from a very 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 uh, uh, tuned in source that there that that there was a door with a sign on it for the airbrush like for the body paint. Like oh, so there nice. is a body paint department in backstage in WWE. There you go. Um, but yeah, they really set that up. Yeah. I'm still not a hundred percent sold on like the Rasta wig, but that entrance, but they're, but they are putting that entrance over like yeah, crazy. For sure. Um, and it's just so cool. There's nothing as cool as seeing a dude's paint get worn off over the course of a match. I mean, going back to the, you know, staying like, I mean, the, obviously there are other people with paint, but like guys who I always remember as, warrior, he always, his paint always came yeah, off staying about an ultimate warrior. Cause they were wrestling. Like whenever they you knew it was a big match because yeah. they wrestled, they wrestled and sweated enough for the paint to start coming off. Yeah. Um, it was really cool, man. And I, uh, yeah, I mean that Ron's Ron's Balor match was the first thing I rewatched after, you know, taking up, getting away from it for a few hours and going back. And man, it was so it was so great. Yeah, it was a great match. Um, match I really, I mean, match of his lifetime up until this point, I'd say. I mean, it really sort of you can't like debut at SummerSlam in that way and win the belt and all of that. I mean, it, it, pull, you know, putting the shoulder out, it's going to become legend. Like if I were able to have a conversation with the guy, I know he's got to be down right now. I know he's. I mean, you've got to be down. But like you just, you're going to come back in six months hotter than you could have ever been had you been wrestling for the last six months. Yeah, and you, yeah, I mean. The fact that he kept that he dislocated his shoulder and kept going and finished the match like that's and by the, the way stuff of early legend. in the match yeah that's a, that that happens early in the match and um, he finishes so many other I mean it's move after move after move uh, it was really incredible and I agree I mean there's nobody I, I I haven't thought deeply about this but I'm trying to think like who given the fact that he ended up winning the title because I think there was some real skepticism about whether or not this was a, a legit push versus like a Dolph Ziggler, let's get the mark, the Smarks happy for SummerSlam push, right. you know. Given the fact that they put the title on him, what, I mean, what are the what are the parallels? It's like Goldberg, except way fat. Like it's it's the it's the big well, not the big show. It's the giant in WCW, like where this guy just shows up out of nowhere and they're just like, hey, you're you're wrestling for the title. Well, I think you know a lot. There was a lot of chatter about well, yeah, Finn Balor NXT, and you know, but uh, no one believes in him up there. People aren't that sold on him. I mean, I think this is a number one thing to say. Like that's not even in anybody's mind. Like that guy is the future of this yeah. company. I think that there's probably some. Uh, I think that the the um, I think it seems like backstage at WWE that like two two mutually exclusive things can be true at the same time sometimes you know or like can you know the the winds can shift direction very quickly. Yeah, Vince McMahon is a hundred percent in the Finn Balor on the Finn Balor bandwagon. Like it, that's his favorite for dude. sure. Um, but or he's he's de- he's his favorite dude in so much as like he is fully dedicated to putting him over. Right. Like, um. But yeah, I don't think that it's untrue that he that Vince like might not have known who he was a month ago. Like, sure, it's, it, like that totally could be possible. Yeah, I agree. Uh, or I mean, you know, not not have been able to pick him out of a lineup. But I was joking around last week that they shouldn't have you know done the. I mean, that it was weird for them to have the whole demon entrance on just an episode of Raw. But I get that like one, you need to introduce the casual, the majority of casual fans to this being a thing. You got to prep it, yeah. <clears throat> and two, if but and more importantly. If it's this that's gonna get that's gonna get Vince excited about him, it's that sort of stuff. Then like do it every week, man. Like yeah. get, like let like 
you know, as 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 if if it's Finn Balor, who I think you know I've said before is the most upside of any guy on the roster right now. I mean, is the the guy? He's the only dude who could. Who, I mean, he's he has that John Cena potential for being the face of the company. Yeah. Also has that John Cena potential for like your girlfriend saying like, "Hey, let's watch this match." Roman Reigns too, I guess. But like, I mean. The ladies talking about Finn Balor this weekend was just off the charts. It's not just the ladies. You nope. know, I'm, I'm from a world of musical theater. <laughs> and musical theater, uh, for those of you who are not from that world, um, is a very LGBTQ-friendly environment. Sure. Uh, all of my gay friends love Finn Balor. Like, it's the number one way to get any of my gay male friends interested I, in professional wrestling. I say, oh, would you like to see a picture of Finn Balor? <laughs> Boom, it's done. They're like, what time is Raw on? I'm telling you. Um, well, I mean, it wasn't, it was, it was very recently that Stephanie came out in, in an interview, not came out. She had an interview in which she said like they were very serious about LGBT oh, issues sure. and that they were, there would certainly be characters who, who were gay in the near future. And See, when anybody disparages wrestling, I always say we're one of the first groups to like sort of set boundaries like that. I mean, remember when Darren Young came out? Yeah. Nobody even blinked an eye. We were like, all right, cool. Awesome. No, I mean, it was a weird, and then Pat Patterson, was Pat Patterson? I think he was actually maybe before Darren Young. When he came out on the on the reality show on the yeah. Legends House. I'm actually I'm not sure which. Yeah, I think happened Legends first. House might have been right after that, but like it was it, calling it an open secret gives it too much credit. Like it was just well known. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that that's I think that in some ways, and this is what just boggles my mind about the about pro sports, NFL, and NBA. It's like for whatever like dinosaur stigma there is around being gay. It's like there's no need for there to be a stigma in a world where you're just like like one of the most impressive athletes in the right. world. And I'm not. There's no correlation except in that like crazy old way of thinking, right? Yeah. That it's but like it's just it's just so weird. Like why like why does it like it, it just shouldn't matter. Before we get into the really gross part of the podcast, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Blue Apron. It's awesome. Not all ingredients are created equal. Fresh, high quality ingredients taste better and are better for you. So it's important to know where your food comes from. I personally cook with Blue Apron, 100% shoot, and absolutely love getting great meals delivered straight to my house. Every week, I'm excited to try new food I'd never have thought to make before. For less than 10 bucks a meal, Blue Apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals. Blue Apron knows that when you cook with incredible ingredients, you make incredible meals, so they set the highest quality standards for their community of artisanal suppliers, family-run farms, fisheries, and ranchers. Whether it's Japanese ramen noodles, wild-caught Alaskan salmon, or heirloom tomatoes, my personal favorite, Blue Apron is bringing you the best. Some of the meals available in August include spiced pork burgers with goat cheese and cucumber corn salad, summer vegetable and quinoa bowls with fairy tale eggplants, shishito peppers, and corn, and chicken tinga tacos with summer squash and tomato salsa. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash masked. That's M-A-S-K-E-D. You'll love how good it feels and tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals with Blue Apron, so don't wait. That's blueapron.com slash masked. Blue Apron, it's a better way to cook. This week, The Masked Man Show is also brought to you by WWE 2K17. We finally got a real wrestling sponsor for the wrestling podcast. All right, folks, get ready to be taken to Suplex City, courtesy of WWE 2K17. 2K is back once again as the defending champion of WWE video games with its cover superstar, Brock Lesnar. It's a personal favorite of Ben Simmons. <laughs> That's good. I'm glad we worked He's that. so excited. <laughs> 2K17. 
I actually saw this game being played this weekend and saw Brock Lesnar in person. Brock Lesnar is even more impressive in re in the video game than he is in real life. Ben Simmons plays 2K17 against another player and just has the controller sit there so he can Oh, he does like two-player mode. He does two-player mode. <laughs> it just kills the other guy. The other guy, the controller's just vibrating. Oh my gosh, Ben is Ben is already as good as John Cena is right there. That's it. It just squash matches nonstop. Um, the uh, okay, so go back to the read. <laughs> this game is I, I'm I'm really actually excited about this game. 2K17 WWE 2K17 features amazing graphics and gameplay, as well as a gigantic roster featuring the biggest and brightest superstars, past and present. The all-new promo engine will bring the drama and personality of WWE superstars to life and my career in WWE Universe modes. Your words will shape your characters as they rise through the ranks of NXT and WWE to become WWE Hall of Famers. So enjoy a star-studded soundtrack featuring some of the top names in the music industry, curated by executive soundtrack producer Sean Diddy Combs. You might know him better by his other gimmick, Puff Daddy. Pre-order your copy today and receive two playable characters of the legendary Bill Goldberg from his days in WCW and his WWE tenure. That's when he had the shorts and not the briefs, uh, as well as two classic WCW arenas. For more information on everything WWE 2K17, go to WWE.2K.com. WWE 2K17 hits the shelves on October 11th, so pre-order it now. We're going to get back into the show with Steve. Just a little bit of a warning. Uh, Randy Orton and Brock Lesnar drove us to drop the F-bomb about a hundred times, so if you have kids listening, you might want to cover their ears. For, for SummerSlam itself, are there, like, what, are there matches that we need to, that we need to spe specifically touch on? There's so many one, there's so many <sighs> big matches. We'll run through these one by one. Well, we've yet to talk about Orton and Lesnar. Right. So we should hit Let's that. Let's start at the top, then. What a weird match. What a weird match. Maybe, I was maybe trying to one make, of the strangest matches I've ever seen. I said this to you before we started recording. It was like everybody wanted to talk about that match, but then immediately everybody like you would get into a conversation and then it, you would just let it peter out because like you can only say what the fuck so many different ways. Right. The weird thing that I, I was I was messaging with um, Sam Donsky, ringer writer who was on the show last week, and Sean Finnessy, our editor, and I was like, here's the weird thing in the. In the John Cena match, the, the Lesnar-Cena match where he busted John Cena open, we had the same thing where everyone was trying to argue over whether or not the... Like, it was... We were all kind of like, yeah, it was booked, but how was it supposed to be that much blood? Right. And then... So we had that repeated. Then in, I was you look back at the Lesnar-Undertaker match where the storyline coming out was whether or not the match had been ended early because Undertaker was just so hurt. We had the echoes of that in the Randy Orton match. Yeah. At some point, you got to assume that like either all of these things are accidents or they're all on purpose. And if they're accidents, why is Brock Lesnar employed? And obviously, he's a huge star. Like, but like this, right. that's a, this is maybe an issue. I think that, but I just can't. I, I I would lean towards it all being planned. But I just can't imagine the backstage conversation where you know Michael Hayes or Triple H goes up to Vince and they're like hey do you want to do another one of those like what the fuck endings the, the fans will just go home talking about this like yeah. I don't I can't wrap my head around what the booking 
decision would have been. I mean, the only thing that I can think about is that, you know, I mean, of course, Lesnar has a lot of like, you know, rumors and things swirling about what did he fail at, you know, UFC. And there's, I, I was sort of like, okay, well, how, I think we talked about it. If he wins at UFC, then how do you play that? And if he loses sure. at UFC, how do you play that? What we didn't talk about you was coin flip, what right? happens if yeah. he like, you know, fails a drug test. So in the sense that if he if he comes out and just becomes this ruthless madman who's like busting people open and seems reckless then we're all going to stop talking about the ufc violation and we're just going to start talking about what the fuck is happening with brock lesnar which is kind of what we're doing right now but to me i mean look i'm not saying that he wouldn't but i don't know why randy orton would be like oh yeah i'll take a severe elbow to the head and you can try to bust my head open like just don't do it on my face like do it up here on my head you know what i mean like i don't see a world where that happens but yeah. I also don't see a world where Shane McMahon runs out and gets an F5 that's not booked. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it, that was what, like, Donsky messaged that to me. He was like, dude, Shane loves to take bumps. Like, that's yeah. his favorite thing now. Yeah. Like, there's nothing he loves more in the world than well, just, and are like, we Like, are we on the way to a Lesnar-McMahon match? Because he sort of, like, talked I, a little bit of that last night. Like, yeah, I'm going to handle, I'll deal with... I, I wouldn't be surprised if we saw that match. I've heard grumblings about that. It would be so weird to me if that so was a weird. match. But... I mean, my my fantasy booking would be just for Survivor Series have a traditional five on five, except Lesnar is just five. Guys. Have like Lesnar versus five people from SmackDown, mm. like you know, have Shane and four cohorts or something. Okay, bring, bring back the Mean Street Posse. Maybe they bring back Goldberg. Yeah, Goldberg there was a Lesner. lot of Goldberg chatter. I'm not sure. It's so weird that like everybody. The same thing happened with Sting when he showed up on the video game, and then Sting didn't come back for a year or whatever. Yeah. Like, I can say with great certainty, I have no idea if Goldberg is coming back or not. I can say with great certainty that Goldberg's relationship with 2K has nothing to do with his potential relationship for WWE. Right. 2K is just they're an independent operation, and they knew it would, like, pop people to put him in the game. Right. Like, that's why he's there. Right. Um, but who knows, man? Goldberg, and he's 40 years old or something, maybe older. And every interview, he's... Oh yeah, he's probably closer to fifty, isn't he? Yeah, he's probably like forty-four. Yeah, but he's forty-five. But uh, but in every interview, he like he he's he, ins- he I talked to him. He insists that he's you know, like ready to go. F- Fifteen minutes away from ready for the <laughs> ring, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, look. So okay, so so Lesnar comes out. He very blatantly. I mean, it's blatant. You watch it a thousand times. He hits him with an elbow in the forehead. Like oh, sure. And he like took off the gloves first. Like it was they were it was that was the that was the move. Like it was right. they were aiming for that sort of a moment. Right. And it's brutal. I mean, that's not a uh, that's also anybody that knows old school wrestling. That's not a a pre-cut. Like that's a that was a gash that can only happen when a blunt object smashes into your bare skin. I mean, it's jagged. It's just like he got opened up. There's no way of like prepping that oh, yeah. beforehand. I've seen Goldberg is 49, by the way. Oh, God. 49. He looks great. Um, 49. The, the, uh, I've seen like indie matches. There was like a Ring of Honor match where they, like, there was, there was a, after, um, when Nigel McGuinness had got, you know, like, like kind of stopped wrestling, they stopped doing blade jobs in Ring of Honor. But like the fans were still bloodthirsty, and there were, I saw a couple of shows where like the wrestlers were trying really hard to get blood the hard way, right? right. Like it was like it's the old fashioned like rabbit punch down onto the top of the brow to try to bust guys open, and you would just see like it was some of the most brutal matches you've ever seen because this guys like legit punching each other trying to get draw blood, but like hopefully it happens in the first time. Anyway, the drawing blood the hard way is not a simple task. No. It's a different story when it's Brock Lesnar's elbow, you know, onto the top of your head. But, man, he... 
I don't, there's certainly no way to like gauge that. I mean, there's no way to measure it. There's so no way to say, I'm going to do a, a minor incision on your head with my elbow. No, and, and here's, here's what I, you know, okay, so I was at WrestleMania at NXT. You were there. Sure. Uh, Joe Baller, Joe got busted open. Oh, yeah. And it was how many minutes of them coming in and trying to stop the bleeding because they didn't want blood. Yeah. Like they were literally like, can't have blood, can't have blood, can't have blood. You've seen the, like, you know, there was the sloppy, uh, when Byron handed, what was it? Roman Reigns handed him the blood pack uh, oh, yeah. a few months ago. Like it's, it doesn't seem to is be that, is that, it bad that that's what I think of every time Nas swallows, but like the bags of baggies of drugs on the night of, yeah. like, it's just like someone slide, like slides Sand. a little packet yeah. over and he like gulps it down as everybody can tell what's going on, but he acts like he's totally incognito. Yeah. Um, but so, yeah, but so like they don't seem to have a bloodlust right now, which would make an intentional bloodletting seem far fetched. Well, we've come a long way in terms of that stuff since, since that Roman Reigns moment. I mean, I feel like we're, we're definitely in a looser, more like grittier moment. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think that the, well, the, I guess the one, the one piece of proof that we have, um, that this was legit is Meltzer's report. And I think some other people probably did it too, but believe Dave Meltzer over everybody else, obviously is that about the Jericho Lesnar oh, yeah. fight backstage yeah. where Lesnar, I mean, Jericho came out, came up to like check on Orton or whatever to see if that was legit. And then they got into an accidental fight sort of, uh, uh, sort of misunderstanding, but sort of not, but that was eventually broken up by Vince who intervened to say, to tell Jericho, like that's the way so it was wrong supposed with to happen. It was all a work. Right. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, on the one hand, if Vince just, if that was not a work, but Vince just wanted to break up the fight, that's what he would say. Of course, yeah. But it does see, like, the, the, the context clues of that story. And then story, you take Lesnar into your office, and you're like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. The context clues of that story, though, like, <laughs> lead me to believe that it was, it was totally planned. But, like, it, I don't, I think that at the end of the day, the, the thing that's, I mean, my crazy the theory that I couldn't quite buy into is the most plausible one, which is they know that they, the most important value that Lesnar has to them is to make it seem like a real sport for five minutes right. and to get people talking about it, whether it be it on sports center or ESPN's new wrestling vertical or just, you know, internet chatter and man, they pulled it off. Well, the thing that I always, you know, find interesting in these moments is like, uh, like a guy like Lesnar, you always feel like maybe he's, forgets sometimes that it's not ufc you know like when you watch him wrestle you're sure. like i'm always like a little worried he's got like a little ptsd and he just goes like oh i'm in a fight and like just starts fighting people um because he's brutal but then you remember like this guy's trained for years and years and years he also knows what he's doing he yeah. may be a ufc fighter but he was a professional wrestler before that and a, but and a real wrestler before that right so um yeah it was a uh it was a very strange moment in the show and i think i mean the for a way i mean that was the end of the show right yeah that was it that was a that was a strange uh well whatever i mean it was well and a, then to not even like remotely address it you know, like other than oh we find him five hundred dollars i mean randy you know randy did his i don't thing, even but under, like, i don't even understand the five hundred dollar thing is that has that been reported as it looks like it's is that being reported they said as it last thing? night on smackdown uh somebody said something about shane Mc, or i think shane said oh yeah you find him like five hundred dollars or something or, yeah but then like other people are reporting it as if it's real right well again it's the i think it's the world we live in i don't know who to trust anymore if i can't trust forbes and rolling stone then who am i supposed to trust let's be honest <laughs> uh 
But, you know, I think maybe you're looking at a thing, which I don't know, man, because if we're going to do a brand uh, split, then let's do a brand split. Like, I don't want to be wondering, oh, is Shane and Stephanie, like, what are they planning against each other? I don't know that I want to follow. You want to keep it separate? I want to keep it separate. Yeah. Because yeah. then, like, why are we doing separate pay per views? And then, oh, we're, we'll, we'll come well, together I mean, but for like Survivor the, Series. In the last brand split, didn't like bro- the, the Rock went like number two and then like basically retired like a week later? Or yeah, something, something like, they, like that. Sometimes you just have to use people as like placeholders to like move the other pieces around in the way right. that you want to move them. Right. Um, but yeah, okay. Well, speaking of the brand split, we, we got we got to touch on the other championship match. How were you? What was your feeling about uh, about Dolph Ziggler and Dean Ambrose? Always a bridesmaid. Yeah. Always a bridesmaid, man. I well, mean, they certainly didn't. They didn't book it or perform it in in a way that made you feel like it was the mat, It was going to be the match of the night. No, uh, look, I I, I am uh, God. I went so quickly from being Team Ambrose to just being really. I think, whoa, really? I feel like Ambrose might be the worst champ we've had in five years, four years, five years. I just don't get it. It's the if if he's gonna if he's going to be the gritty sort of lunatic then be a lunatic don't be a buffoon and and he's sort of starting to trend towards like being a buffoon um it's like more about like playing like I'm a lunatic than it is just he certainly, sort of I mean being he was he, he definitely had a buffoonish period and I feel like he's come out of it but dude he but came he out last night back. in the Mohegan Sun like thing with like a giant foam hat and basically seemed like he was drunk ringside like talking through the Dolph oh yeah Ziggler, well, that AJ was silly Styles okay match. you're right you're right Two, so i just don't know what's weird. going on so like what are we doing are we the comedy brand because if we are that's fine but like let's just go fully there uh but anyway i don't i don't know that that ambrose is the champ for much longer um, um yeah yeah, well, I mean, I mean, I think that I think that they got to leave it on him just to legitimize SmackDown. Legit, like he, like he's he is that he's he has the role of legitimizing the show and keeping the belt legit and legitimizing himself. I feel like they're sort of a package deal for a while. I thought that I was surprised that there wasn't that that AJ Styles. As, I mean, I, I do we have to do spoiler alert? No, there's no spoiler alerts after live SmackDown. Now it's live, Sma- no, it's live SmackDown, SmackDown live. Yeah, um, if you didn't watch it, it's your fault. It's it's uh, a. <laughs> It, it doesn't surprise me that AJ Styles is next up to bat. No. It does surprise me that they uh, that they wrote Ziggler off. I guess just because I watching Sunday, I got the feeling that you know I was hoping for a, like a formal Ziggler heel turn, and I don't need full on heel turns like smack an old lady heel turns. But if anybody needed one, it was Dolph Ziggler. It Sunday night felt like like they changed the booking at the last minute to it was like. It, it felt like a thing we've seen before where like a match sort of underperforms and then the the the, the original version of the match happens the next night on Raw. Does right. that make sense? Yeah. Like they were just like, go ahead and have a good match, but like we're going to save the storyline implications for Tuesday. Right. And then Ziggler was obviously still in the mix, but it was one of those weird... I mean, the way that they booked it where it was like Ziggler had to win to get into the championship match. <laughs> it just felt like a foregone conclusion that he was My wasn't. favorite part was, AJ, if you win then you're in the match against Dean Ambrose. But Dolph, if you win, then you're in the match with AJ and Dean Ambrose. It's like, well, then the first part doesn't really count because if AJ loses, is he not in the match? Like, I don't understand. Yeah, it was- so basically, AJ's in the match no matter. And at that point, I was like, oh, there's no way Ziggler's going to be in this match. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, which I, makes no sense to me. Then what? Why did he main event SummerSlam for the SmackDown brand? Like, what are we doing? You know, the poor guy. Like, 
I'm not saying he can't hold the belt, but I, I don't know. Yeah. I'm I, it's, it'll be interesting to see what they, what they do with him next. Um, you know, and, and I just want Ambrose to go back to being like a real true badass that yeah. like yells and kind of seems crazy and beats the hell out of people. But it's just, I don't know, man. It's not working for me. Yeah. Well, it'll be interesting to watch SmackDown going forward. I mean, now it looks like Orton and, and Wyatt are, are paired up. I mean, the, 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 there's the sort of, it, the, the smaller roster on SmackDown makes it fun because you can kind of do the, you can kind of draw the lines and chart out like who's going to be fighting who. And it's, and yeah. it, it, it's, it's less wide open. But then, you know, the downside is it's less wide open and you kind of like it, it might sort of get stale if they don't book it really carefully after yeah. a few weeks between. Every, well, I guess they they have a pay-per-view in two weeks now, right? Is it two yeah, or two, three? Uh, I think it's three. We're going to have. Do, I do like that. Uh, I, I like the the Wyatt uh, Orton. You know, I, I was like when I saw Bray last night, I was like, oh, right. You didn't have anything to do at SummerSlam. I literally forgot that. Yeah, and that's a problem. I thought he would be involved in that championship match, in the yeah. in the smack in the world title match because yeah. he'd been very involved to it up to that point. You know, yeah. at least to make an appearance. I was shocked by that. Um, yeah, that was really weird. So uh, jumping back to the the rest of the card really quickly. Um, I, I mean, is there anything to be said about the New Day versus the Club match? I mean, no. that was just sort of it was what it was. Oh, the, well, AJ Styles versus John Cena was the match of the night. That's the one match we haven't talked about. Yeah. Um, Ending with John Cena seeming to finally give up. I was I was out looking at the merch table after that, and I joked I was I joked with the merch salesman to ask if the Never Give Up shirts were half off now after, and the, they totally no sold it. They they, it's weird when you go to these shows because of all of the th- of all of the things that happen in a sports arena. My guess is that pro wrestling probably has the greatest the the greatest number of arena employees who are into the product right you know i mean i'm sure there's a lot of there's a huge number of you know demi lovato fans at the barclay center staff but like it's like you know 10 percent are very passionate about her right weirdly it's like 50 percent of people at the barclay barclay center employees are wrestling fans yeah and they're asking you what's going on or following it on their phones <laughs> like it's it's really funny that's um, gotta suck the worst like to you're a wrestling fan and you have to work the merch table during SummerSlam. that's yeah. gotta be the worst feeling because it's right there the, well the merch people that i talked to were not wrestling fans it was all like 16 year old girls weirdly right. it was the guys selling beer that were all wrestling fans right. and like the guys giving you your hot dogs um, the AJ Styles Cena match for me was the surprise match of the night because I was not in any way that was going to be my sort of go make some dinner match because uh-huh. I just I, I feel like they've wrestled so many times sure. already and I just didn't know what else could be gained from it. It was a hell of a match. And has any have any two guys ever had a run of great matches like in in three months? Like to have a feud that's that good and that straightforward, and to have like, two, was it, have they had three like match of the year candidate matches yeah, in that span of time, or it, just two? But it still, doesn't I mean, happen often, and it doesn't happen often for Cena. I mean, I hate to like, I don't no, want to I mean, disparage Cena. Cena's, Cena but. Cena's a lot. I mean, Cena's a really good wrestler, but yeah, as far as like matches that just in ring like ring work wise that you're gonna remember in six yeah. months, like this has been a crazy. Good they were feud good. For him. They were good, and I think you know Cena gets. Uh, a lot of shit for burying people and uh, he put Styles over I mean that 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 last match I think was just but I, I wouldn't when Cena walked out I was like all right well done well done because like for an older guy you literally were just like hey buddy it's all yours for a while like and they're playing off of it you know yeah. AJ saying he's the face that runs the place now but like it was a big deal it was a big deal so John Cena is actually the parallel to The Rock from the last 
brand split where he just like comes over <laughs> to legitimize SmackDown and then disappears for a while. Yeah. I mean, Cena seems if he, like has it been reported what's going on? It seems like he's no, off to record some more reality or, shows or something. Yeah, something. Something's got to be up. And how great is that for Cena to build the entire pro- program around the fact that he never goes any that he's like he's there all every week and yeah. then he actually leaves afterwards. Yeah. Like what a great I mean, I'm I'm not I'm done wishing for the scene at heel turn, but like what a, I mean, he's a liar. I'm never I'm never He's a, John Cena is a liar. <laughs> you heard it here, folks. <laughs> David Shoemaker calls out John Cena. Um uh yeah, I mean, look, I'm never going to give up the Cena heel hope, but I don't know if this is the time, but I thought the throwing down the never give up armband was <laughs> pretty, pretty big. I, I I was talking to somebody after after that show and I and you know, we were kind of having the same thing like Cena can't ever Cena's already the biggest heel. Like what could Cena to do to get more booze right. and i thought i the answer is is daisy duke jeans like if you just cut, <laughs> if you cut the jorts really really short speaking of, i'm wearing my jorts today in uh in honor of john cena and stone cold but um, mostly john cena yeah i don't think i don't think i don't think those i think those jorts are a little bit too tight to do uh to do, yeah, do the hurricane run off the top row it. yeah couldn't do it um so sasha and charlotte i mean that was a really great match and i'm glad that they booked it exactly the way that i fantasy booked it to have Charlotte win clean yeah, after a really clean. good match. they The announcers still... There's still this weird tension between obviously the announcers know what's happening, but then they just fail to call, like, like to tell the story in the way that... I mean, I, I, maybe I maybe I wasn't paying enough attention, but they were certainly talking about how Charlotte had the hurt... I mean, how Sasha had the hurt shoulder, the hurt back. Right. Um, but, like, it was... The way that... The, I mean, Charlotte rolling her over was just a beautifully designed ending you know it was she was still in pain but sasha just didn't have the energy anymore and charlotte's just twice as big as her you know i mean that like that would make that would make a lot of sense if like brock lesnar did that to heath slater or or daniel bryan i guess right brock lesnar just rolls over on the guy and he can win and that's sort of what charlotte did and i thought that was a really well told i mean a really well designed story if not particularly well told the uh the but the uh, I mean, I think that that's a perfect move for the women's division. Now Sh- Sasha can chase all the way through WrestleMania to try yeah. to get it back. I'm just happy. I was really expecting a, a Ric Flair run in when they when you ban Dana Brooke. You know, it's like you got either she's going to sneak in or or you know Ric Flair is going to come back. I thought they did a great job with that. Yeah, I do too. I, 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 like I said earlier, I thought the match started off pretty sloppy, and I was a little concerned because they always those two always work so well together. And I just didn't seem like something was just off from yeah. the get go. But they maybe it was just nerves. I don't know. But it, it I think it, like, I think it's got to be some nerves because it's. I mean, at this point, the expectations for women's matches are so high. Oh, right? I've said this before. It's hard as someone who's a longtime wrestling fan. It's hard to remember the dark days when it was just tits and ass. Yeah, and people couldn't even do a move. I mean, well, there's still people, even Marie. And every time there's a, but every time there's a big match. I mean, they just they they bring it to such a degree. Like this, this might have been like a four star match or a three and a half star match, but like that's like the low end of the spectrum, oh, for right? Sure. I mean, it's 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 really nuts to. It, it would be like if if you know there were if there were only twelve big men's matches a year and like five of them were Savage Steamboat. Like every time you go out there, you're just like, oh, wait, we have to do that? Like crap. And yeah. then, I mean, and don't get me wrong. I mean that the the Finn Balor you know Seth Rollins match they really brought it that was that was uh I mean they they're going out there with that same level of of hype but the expectations are just slightly different in the women's matches well and, it, and I think it, too that you, you know you I was thinking about the fact that these particular women I mean Sasha and Charlotte and you know the 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 women's revolution 
so to speak. Because when you look down the line at NXT right now, I mean, other than Nia Jax, who's now up, and Asuka, who will be up soon. I, She's great, man. That oh, I love Asuka. Asuka Bailey match, which we to- totally skipped over. Another definite highlight of the weekend. Yeah, super instant classic. I'm I'm excited to see Bailey work with just about everybody on the main roster. But I like, couldn't agree more. But mostly because like I don't quite have an opinion on Bailey. Like I've watched so many matches, but I'm interested to see to sort of take a look at her chemistry with some of with a lot of the, with the women on Raw. You know, just with a with a keener eye, sort yeah. of. You know. Well, that's what sort of what I'm saying is like this core group of women who are really, really uh, incredible performers wrestlers whatever you want to say i'm curious to see how the next generation coming up are they gonna take that ball and run with it because you know i also have some of the same complaints about the men's division i don't know who the next big superstar out of nxt after nakamura and joe get out of there will be now granted somebody always sort of rises to the top but i just think that we're at a zenith right now where we have a lot of really talented people who are right in their prime 20 you know 29 to 35 yeah who are just killing it i mean charlotte and sasha banks and and bailey but also you know when you look at guys like finn balor kevin owens uh, I mean, you know, I, I, it's, uh, Nakamura, Joe, like those guys. It's just going to be interesting to see how, like what we're in here. Are we in a rebirth where everybody's going to continuously raise the bar or are we in just a particular like fat point where we just have a, a one group of really great people? Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I know. I know exactly what you're saying. I mean, it's they're, they're, it's it's a, it's going to be a really interesting next because I don't know if Billy Kay or whatever the hell her name is. I don't know if she's the answer. No. You know? But uh, then the, the, the one, uh, so the so what's her name? Saber? No. That's what's the girl's name that just debuted at NXT. Oh. Uh, she was incredible. Yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I'll pull it up right now. But the... Uh, but yeah, I mean, there's... I think overall we're in an interesting spot. Like you were... I mean, the... But, but a lot of it has to do with... I mean, you look at the ages of people. You said, you know, people are in their primes. Yeah. But, Finn Balor's thirty-five. Yeah, I mean that's just it. They have all the part of the part of the result of of bringing these guys up from the Indies or over from the Indies. Yeah, is that the everybody's in their prime right now. Yeah, so we're either in like we're already in the middle of the glory days of professional wrestling, and we're not quite aware of it. Would you say we're in the middle of the glorious days? Oh my gosh! I was just looking through my notes. We got to get out of here soon. I was like, what have we not talked about? <laughs> And uh, the number one downloaded soundtrack song on iTunes right <laughs> so now good. is uh, yeah is the is the is Bobby Roode's new theme song. I mean, how great is that? I will tell you this much. You know, when you if you have watched them in TNA at all, to like see this new take on a Bobby Roode character is uh, is pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, he's sort of he's still like I still can't not think look at him and think like. He's Triple H's mini me. Like he just has that. <laughs> Did you see the picture he tweeted out? Actually, he tweeted out a picture of him as a security guard during one of the like raw matches with Triple oh, really? H, like DX. And he was like, you know, you come a long way or whatever. And <laughs> like to his debut at uh, debut at NXT. Oh, that's really great. Um, but yeah, so I'm going through. So like he, he w- that was a great debut. The fans singing along to that song was just one. Was definitely one of my highlights of the night. So uh, good. Uh, highlights of the weekend. Um, let me see what is there any uh, that uh, Virgil actually had the tweet of the weekend. I made a note oh, that I, I had to see, see this. Yeah, during the women's match, he, he tweeted uh, Mula looking up from hell, smiling tonight. Sasha and Charlotte tore the roof off the place, which is like a cra- <laughs> like like somebody had to write that for him. That was like yeah, was like I'm not su- sure if Virgil's running his own Twitter account or not. Um, but uh, 
but yeah, I mean, it was the the yeah. I'm I'm just going through everything now. It was it was a it was a really good weekend. I think the you know my the if if not that the best weekend. I mean, the best tweet of the weekend was Seth Rollins's uh, "You really let me down tonight, Brooklyn." Yeah, tweet because it was real and heartfelt, and also just like what a great heel line. You really let me down tonight borough of new york yeah. you know i mean it was just really it, what it was just spectacular yeah um so we got to get out of here let's really quickly say uh, uh get your get your early predictions the final four in the for that are that are vying for the new universal title are uh big cast yeah seth rollins yeah. roman reigns wait who's the fourth one i've already lost it kevin owens uh, kevin owens um what's your what's your prediction uh I mean, I think it's got to go back to Rollins, yeah. It I, is really interesting. I mean, unless they, unless you like, you know, in case of emergency, break glass and put Roman Reigns back in the main event. Yeah, I think. It, look, it's, I, I think we're either Rollins or or Owens, but I can't imagine. I mean, as much as I don't really like Jericho, like it's kind of funny at the same time. So yeah. I'd like to maybe see where it goes for a little while longer, uh, but I don't want it to last for a long time. You know, I just like to maybe see a couple, like one more yeah, little man. feud with a group of people between Jericho's. That that was a really fun match the pay-per-view his new character is just the, <laughs> my favorite so heel stupid. and and like fighting and him like legit fighting uh brock lesnar backstage this has been a banner week yeah, for Chris Jericho Jericho. This is like the big <laughs> best this, week ever yeah. yeah um and then and then uh last thing is uh on the uh on the on smackdown we got aj styles versus versus dean ambrose you said earlier you don't think ambrose is going to hold the title for that long do you think you think aj is going to come out on I'd, top i'd like to see aj come out on top but i don't see it happening in backlash yeah it know. is very soon yeah it, it feels like everything i mean it, it seems maybe like maybe Dolph ziggler interrupts the match you maybe know so. maybe he, maybe he earns his way back into it who yeah. knows i mean that's a weird it's a weird premise to set up a three-way and then like dump with him two out. weeks to go and, then, and especially to start off the segment with him beating the hell out of aj you know he started off something smackdown with aj sort of gloating and then and then dolph sort of attacking yeah. and then I, attacking for the rest of the show i think that i just can't get <laughs> I, like I, we are going to see that belt wrapped around aj styles waist sooner rather than later like it we, we just need like he's he's earned it in every way that a wrestler can earn it yeah and the only thing the only thing he's missing right now is to say former be able to say former champion about him you know yeah. like or champion but like I will say to Dolph Ziggler's credit, by the way, that that match between he and AJ last night was superb. I mean, really, it really was good. A great better, than the, better than the SummerSlam and match so, he had with with uh, with Ambrose for sure. And so I think he deserves he deserves to be in that conversation and deserves that shot. So we'll see if he works his way back in. It makes no sense otherwise. I think that we're go, we're getting towards a. Gr I mean, the the stable of wrestlers they have on SmackDown has a good, interesting chemistry, and I think as it as they spend a little bit more time together, it's going to be fun. You know, those guys plus Wyatt plus Orton, even, um, I would probably rather see a SmackDown house show at this point than a, than a Raw house show, just because, like, I think there'd be a lot of fun matches. Yeah. Like, just bell to bell, you know? It'd be yeah. a lot of good stuff. Well, listen, thanks for coming by, man. Thanks for having we me. We barely got... I don't even know if we got through everything. I we probably St. Germain's not here. Huh? We're going to have to, like... St. Germain, uh, Germain is just chilling out in uh, chilling out in New York City, like, doing... Ducking me. Yeah, he's... Seriously. He, Number one contender, right? He had a lot of smack to talk this weekend. I'm not afraid of you, St. Germain. Well, we're gonna have to schedule this match for the not too distant French. future. Um, yeah, sound French. He's actually like Irish, French. which is the word. Which is yeah, I don't, I don't even know how that An works. An Irish guy with a French last name. There's nothing this worse. Is, yeah. I'm coming for you. <laughs> wow, you heard it here first, folks. Um, thanks to Tate. Thanks to uh, Joe and Isabella. Is there anybody else I need to thank, Tate? 
No. Okay, then we'll thank you, Steve. What's your Twitter handle? You want to at sh- Steve Kazee. Uh, I'm at David Shoemaker, and um, you really let me down tonight, humanoids. Thanks again to WWE 2K17 for sponsoring today's episode. You get ready to be taken to Suplex City with WWE 2K17. WWE 2K17 is back again. They're the defending champion of WWE video games. And uh, this time, they got Brock Lesnar on the cover. And they got Ben Simmons playing it! <laughs> 2K17 has amazing graphics, amazing gameplay, uh, and the biggest roster you could possibly imagine. Everybody's on there. Ben Simmons creates... Uh wrestler called the wild animal he is a wrestler called the wild, wild animal himself short and very muscular and gives yeah. himself like a mullet it's so wwe 2k17 allows you to build ben simmons which is really incredible uh pre-order your copy today and receive playable characters of bill goldberg two different versions and uh at two wcw arenas uh, WW2K17 hits the shelves on October 11th. Pre-order now, and uh, and you too can design the wild animal. <laughs>